go and top that. Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. Top that. Well, stop that. I don't really give up about trying to top that. Top that. Stop that. I wish you finally take a real look and really stop that. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Top That, your favorite podcast where we break down our top five lists on just all sorts of categories. Every week it's new, every week it's different, and it's fun. It is fun. I'm Nate, I'm here always with my roommate Derek. Hi. And his sister, my friend Sabrina. Hello. Having a nice little weekend here. We are having been, a nice little weekend. It's been a nice morning. I, you know what, it, your intro just reminded me, I'm really bad at, at saying our names in our podcast. I feel like there's a lot of podcasts that we don't say our names. There are. And they're when I, <laughs> we when just I roll start them. Things. Yeah. So I hope those of you listening and sticking around know that it's just three of us every time. Okay. Follow me real quick. Because oh, I was just about to go with, well... People know who we are already. You're, they're not just dipping into a podcast for the first time by an accident. Then I went with, what if there was something on Apple where there's just give me a random podcast, boom, go, and it, yeah. it pops you in. That would be awesome if you just, because I'm someone who does, I mean, I think everyone judges. People search a, for a random podcast all the time. Everyone judges a book by its cover, but I'm talking about like pressing a button and it puts you into the intro of their podcast. Could be a murder mystery. Could be about knitting. Could yeah. be about, boom, just like absolute randomness that would have been sweet and if we if they got on ours and we didn't use our names then that would look bad so my name's Derek yeah I'm sure there's somebody out there maybe that has listened that landed on one of mine that didn't say our names who are these people I don't even know who's talking but any any hoodles we appreciate you listening yeah and you can also find us on Instagram at top that dude on Instagram T-O-P-T-H-A-T-D-U-D-E. We let you know when we put out our new episodes. And there's some funny memes in there sometimes and story things. Yeah, there's all sorts of little treats. Just little extra contents. Yeah. And then you can also email us with your love mail, hate mail, suggestions. General inquiries. topthatdude at gmail.com. Same spelling, at gmail.com. Gmail, spelled just how it sounds. Jamel. Jamel. Jamel! <laughs> Didn't Mara marry a Gmail? She did. Divorced a Gmail. Had two babies with the Gmail. Dot com. Dot com. Yes. Let's yeah. get into the episode. What are we talking about this week? Today we are breaking down our top five duos. Now, this could be movie duos, TV duos, real-life duos. Musical duos. Cartoon duos. Food. Food duos. PB&J. I mean... That's my table. Yeah, I just gave my number one away. more iconic duo than salt and pepper. Oh, wait. Oregano and paprika. Duh. <laughs> Oregano and paprika's here! <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> 
Nobody uses that combo. They were before their time. But yeah, we're going to talk about pairs of things and our favorite top five favorite pairs. I'm going to be honest. Mine are all all not food. None of mine are food. Uh, four of mine are food. <laughs> I did like... Uh, I like food. Like, like humans or... There's no critters in here, but there might be some critters in my honorable mentions. I did mainly like music, TV. You would. I know. It's typical. Sue me. (laughs) I don't like your list already. Fucking sue me, okay? You don't like my list. You can go to another fucking podcast, okay? Hit the rando button. That I just invented. Give me the royalties. Uh, You just missed a good fart trick. Top five duos. My number five duo is Mulder and Scully. Really? X-Files. Yes. Toilet talk break. Drink. Uh, were, were you an X-Files fan? No, I never watched the X-Files. Me neither. Like, ever. You're on your own. Loved them. Yeah, the X-Files was just basically a grown-up version of Are You Afraid of the Dark for me. And... Um, the creator of Breaking Bad, which is, in my opinion, the best written TV show of all time, Vince Gilligan was one of the main writers on The X-Files. So he left The X-Files, which was a fucking dumb, wildly successful show, to go create another fucking dumb, wildly successful show, wildly successful show which was Breaking Bad. So it's the pedigree is there. Uh, the writing was great. And it was one of these, they had, they never kissed once throughout the show, but there was kind of like sexual tension every once in a while. And it was just, it, it was like classic juxtaposition because Mulder, uh, Jillian Anderson, play they're both FBI agents. Um, I think in the very first episode, she gets assigned to, uh, no, Scully gets assigned to Mulder, which was David Duchovny's uh, unit, which is paranormal, His unit. Uh, like investigation type, just weird shit. Bet you wouldn't get assigned to his unit. And she, she is a, uh, uh, she's very by the books. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, go. What's your five? <laughs> give no, my, keep going. She's by the book. Give me, give me my Just fucking around. Um, yeah, she is just very nine to five. I'm an agent. I don't believe in that shit. And his sister got abducted by aliens, he believes, and he's the polar opposite of where he believes everything. Like, there's a supernatural side to everything. So there are, She's a skeptic and he's a believer. Boom. There, there we go. So uh, there are... There's episodes that they don't air on TV anymore because they're too, like, taboo now and shit. Like, really? Yeah, there's one about uh, this incest family that they don't air on TV anymore. I was going to joke about someone banging their mom. So that's funny. That's, that's exactly, what it was. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So I, I watched that episode. It's, it's, I mean, it's not. I don't think I'd watch it again. It's not the funnest thing. I mean, ever. it's my favorite episode, but I, I mean, mean, it's like primetime Fox Network or something. Like, well, how bad could it be in the nineties? They don't air it on TV anymore. Weird. It's called. I think it's called Home. Yeah. And they they've made. I think they've made like. Th- Three like post show movies. They, that I post remember show. the X Files being so popular. Yeah, so popular. Oh, uh, it was that. That was the start of like you know how we're in an age where like 
everyone has a reference to something very obscure and everyone's just like, oh, what the fuck is that? Oh, you haven't seen this show anime, bro? You're missing out. Like they'll have like a, a cosplay or a hairdo or a shirt that says, I think that started with the X-Files. Everyone had that, the truth is out there shirt. Yeah, like the inside kind of joke. Right. Like, oh, you're also an X-Files guy. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't remember. Also, I was like fucking 10 when that show came out. So maybe I didn't know the time before. I'm sure everyone who watched MASH was a MASH head. That's so funny that you brought MASH up because I was just about to say that the way that I responded to the intro of X-Files was the same way I responded to the intro of MASH. I was not interested to MASH at all do, so do, as soon do, as that do, song do, came on do, i was like change it and so as soon as the x as soon as the x that's good thank you alan alden <laughs> as soon as the x files theme song came on same thing i was like i am not watching this channel anymore musta musta <laughs> Get me out Cause of here. I, good, because when I was watching the X-Files, you weren't fucking allowed to watch it with me. Good. Go go watch your go watch your 1,000th fucking rerun of Clueless. I will. That's a great movie. Mm, it is, but I just, for the sake of argument, man, I want to say it's crap. You're crap. They're not numbers, they're letters. Karen Dion. Mm, we'll see. Very nice. Okay. I'm going to go share Ambular. Mulder and Scully. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, couple we, pig shits. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, they were dope. David Duchovny has only gotten better as time's gone on. Like right. that's not even—I don't even think the X Files is his best series. Californication. Californication. Is, yeah. Ugh, prime. Duchovny. How sweet would it be if you were a a dude that was just presented with the script for Californication? Hey, you're this badass dude who wears sunglasses and a writer. You got a fat dick. Your name's Hank Modi. I swear it. someone just wrote it for him and based off his, like, demeanor. Because he basically just plays himself. Pretty much. He plays the same character he is in Zoolander. Ah, oh, you freaking idiot! <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? I just told you. <laughs> I need more. I need more of him. He hasn't been in a lot of movies. Me. Yeah. Do you remember, remember Evolution? Yeah. Yeah. It's on Netflix now. That's a dope movie. He was or, in, no, no, no. He was in an HBO. episode of uh, Sex in the City, like a couple of them, and where he was like in a mental ward. But it, it was like entertaining to watch him. He's a badass. Yeah, he's a good actor. I like David Duchovny. Californication, obviously, won him over for me. Um, yeah. What is? I don't think Jillian Anderson has done too much since. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't follow her at all. She looks surprisingly a lot like Kate Winslet now. Really? I think so. Weird. You think it's just uh, the red hair or is it actually the face? The face for me. Huh. Like I saw Kate Winslet in the movie and I thought it was Jillian Anderson for a while. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that's my number five, Mulder Scully. It's, I wish I could bounce some shit off you guys, but um, neither of you are X-Files fans. Yeah. They're uh, one of the last episodes in the last season. They were in the Brady Bunch house. Weird. Like the whole episode took place in the Brady Bunch house. What? Yeah. Did they acknowledge that, that it was the Brady Bunch house? Yeah, because they were oh. solving a mystery there. Yeah. Fucking Scooby-Doo. Yeah. It was Jam! <laughs> <laughs> what? I got away with it, too! <laughs> it wasn't for meddling kids. 
Oh. Yeah, stupid okay. maid. That's my five. Mulder and Scully. Uh, I kind of lied. My number five it does have to do with food, but it's not like a PB and J or mac and cheese. Um, my number five is Ben and Jerry. Oh, they make some good ice cream. Some of the best, I would say. I was, and I'm a fan of ice cream. I thought about. I thought like when you said Ben and Jerry, Tom and Jerry just popped in my head. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Ben and Jerry, the ice cream makers. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's ice cream, not the cat and mouse. No, no. but that is a good duo. Mm. Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were on my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah I love. Uh, what's your favorite? You know mine. What's your favorite Ben and Jerry flavor? My favorite Ben and Jerry flavor is, um, I think it's called Chubby Hubby. It's malted ice, malted vanilla ice cream, uh, fudge and peanut butter swirls <laughs> with fudge covered peanut butter filled pretzels in it. Or f- no, 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 just fudge covered pretzels in it. That. <laughs> That's cute that they called it Chubby Hubby. What if it wasn't cute? What if it was just called Fat Husband? <laughs> Obese mate. Yeah. Fat significant other. O- obese life partner now that you're forced to raise a fucking kid that you don't want anymore. <laughs> it's got chocolate in it. And walnuts. Load spouse. Yeah. Load spouse. <laughs> That's good. Oh my god. Oh, we should do a fucking series of ice cream flavors. <laughs> Load spouse. Fucking tramp. Birthday mi- cake ice cream. Tramp mistress. <laughs> Rush into a life decision way too early vanilla. <laughs> Gross kid. <laughs> that would be like the Neapolitan. Oh my god. Gross kid. Oh my god. <laughs> that just set me on a visual tailspin. <laughs> I picture it's one of those ice creams that's got everything in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like Gross yeah. <laughs> kid is the rocky road. <laughs> and there's just weird shit in it. There's like candy pieces. Just a couple pe- like just random scraps of paper and there's a Lego in it. <laughs> Lego in it, but it's a candy Lego. Like you can eat everything. No, it's a regular Lego. <laughs> surprise that comes inside. It's it's just the surprise oh of dealing with a crap kid. You're like, what the fuck is this? I never expected this. Okay, whatever. As long as you're not out there killing people, I guess. <laughs> Ugly kid by Dan and Mary's. Oh. oh my god! Oh, I'm fucking dying. That's so funny. I wish I would have bored you. <laughs> That's a strawberry cheesecake flavor. It's called abortion. <laughs> Dan and Barry's abortion. Oh my god. It's a Cherry Garcia ice cream. <laughs> oh my god. Dan and Barry's divorce. <laughs> There's nothing in there. It's half full. It's half full. It's half full. He can only buy it on the weekends and every other Wednesday. It's not even that good. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, that is good. Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry. <laughs> Pretty iconic duo. 
Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like in the Orville Redbocker. Yeah. Like, you know. In that realm. Table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I don't really have popcorn on my list. Very nice. Yeah. Where would we be without them? I want to get some of those new fucking flavors. What's your, what's your favorite? What's your favorite flavor? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I can flavors. stand alone. Mine is uh, Cheryl uh, Garcia. I, see, I don't like Cherry Garcia. Crazy. That, mom and dad used to get that a lot. I don't remember I, I like a time. Well. I don't remember a time where they would ever get Ben and Jerry's in the house, but also they hit a lot of fun shit for me. Well, yeah. They always had it in the freezer, but not always. But like yeah. Cherry Garcia, if they were gonna get Ben and Jerry's, it was Cherry Garcia for sure. Um, Tillamook ice cream was gonna be brown cow. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then that was the one thing we could all agree on. Dad, there was always eleven fucking half gallons of ice cream. And they're all vanilla bean. Because <laughs> yeah. he would always like to do the same shit, vanilla bean, and then put magic shell on top, which wasn't no, mom bad. liked the magic shell. Dad would like buy a pie, and we would have he would a get pie the Marie calendars like yeah. berry pie, oh, razzleberry with the shell yeah. on it, yeah. So good. and it was, that, that combination was fun, but it was just like I take back my statement. You know the child that's like, we have food at home. What are you doing getting that shit? It'd literally, be we have eight cartons of vanilla bean at home, Dad. Why are you getting a ninth? What is this shit? Fucking freezer burn. Our freezer burn with fucking four scoops, and it's just I remember we he, had seventeen vent spoons, and it was just that was the one. Yeah, you, now. me, Anthony, and Mom would all just kind of have the same like unspoken conversation. We're like, can we all get an ice cream that we like instead of the <laughs> shit in here? I the the vanilla didn't bother me. I loved it when dad would get like the sherbet cups. He would get like, you know, you can get a bag of them. Mm. Just throw them in the freezer. Yeah. They'd uh, be gone in two days. But the, yeah. the bag okay. of uh, orange cream skulls. Right. Flan. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. But I don't know. Uh, I don't have a favorite off the top of my head of Ben and Jerry's. Wow. I, uh, I feel like Chunky Monkey. Yeah. Maybe. It's racist. Yeah. Is that banana? Yeah. Or maybe it's the chubby hubby. But I don't know. Chubby hubby is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's. Americone Drain, too, is awesome. Mm, that's good. I don't know that one. Barrel and Gerald. Yeah, Barrel and Gerald. <laughs> Dan and Barry. Nice. Ah. Duo. Number five. My number five is a musical duo, and it's Hollow Notes. Oh, yeah. I fucking love me some hollow notes. And I thought about musical duos, like Heart is a really good one. And I obviously love Led Zeppelin, so like Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, but. Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel. You can do that with every. I mean, that's not. I don't think. <sighs> right, but this is like a duo. Right. Like, this is a true duo. Right. The Bee Gees. The group. Bee Gees were three. Three brothers. Yeah. Um, the Bee Gees were three brothers, guys. <laughs> but I love hollow notes. They have such a good catalog of music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my number <laughs> That's five. it. That's, that's all it. I got. That's it. And, and just, I mean, I know that you said that just for the fuck of it, but I don't even know if I can just far and away put Jimmy Page or Robert Plant as the duo just because John Bonham on the drums tore shit up. Right. So, I mean, Robert Plant and right, John Bonham. Yeah, I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, there is, I mean, like, if you think about rock bands in the lead guitarist and frontman with mystique mm -hmm. <laughs> you know tyler perry in what's his fucking name Medea. joe something um mick jagger in millie vanilli 
Is it Tyler Perry? Or... It's not. I thought you were going Tyler Perry and Medea. No, no, no. Steven Tyler. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Who's the Perry? Joe Perry. Jero- Joe Perry. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, okay, back on your... F- uh, I agree with this because Hollow Notes is one of the easiest bands and music to karaoke. It's just super easy. What is your favorite Hollow Notes song? I have one that's far and away the, my favorite. Uh, Sarah Smile is my favorite. Really? Yeah. I think uh, Private Eyes is far and away my number one. And then my number two is I Can't Go For That. Ooh, those are good. Nate, do you, are you a Hollow Notes fan? I am, but I don't know if I have a favorite. I really like Rich Girl. I love Rich Girl. I love She's Gone. She's Gone's really good. It's almost too sad, though. And it takes oh, forever it. for that song to start. Oh, they have the longest intro it. in the world, but like when it gets into it, it's good. There is, I feel like every time, like I'll hear on the radio, I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? And like, it turns out to be like a Hall Notes classic I've never heard. I feel like I'm still like, finding out finding those. Yeah. Which one did I just find? I swear. Um, Sarah Smile, anytime that comes on, I freaking love it. I know immediately when it starts, like I can catch it really fast. I know that it's a song and I love singing to it. It's such an easy song to sing to. And that's a great point that, that Hollow Notes are super easy to sing yeah. along with. Uh, it's called Out of Touch. It's oh, I love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's a dope one. Yeah. Uh, Kiss on My List is oh, also fun as well. That's a great Your song. Kiss. Uh, but I Can't Go For That was uh, it was sampled and remixed by uh, Tech 9 <laughs> And instead of it was I Can't Go For That, it's Y'all Can't Fuck With Us. <laughs> no can do. <laughs> So, that's that's a cool one. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, no. I feel like I don't really know anybody that doesn't really like Hollow Notes. Like I met somebody that just didn't like eighties music at all, but they liked Hollow Notes. Who is this? A random. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but I feel like Hollow Notes is like just widely, you know, liked if not loved. Or even just tolerated, you know, like what is what is what is uh, John Oates doing right now? Because Daryl Hall also uh, obviously was the face. Daryl Hall is still running, like doing music and mm-hmm. stuff. But John still Oates, good he dude. tours, and I I follow him on Instagram. And he doesn't do a whole lot. Like he'll do a purge of pictures every once in a while. John Oates, yeah, um, still got the the long black hair. Interesting. Yeah, he's still doing music. I think both of them are still. They still tour though. They still do shows. Oh my god. Yeah. I wonder. Oh, I wonder if they would sound any like if they were to do Private Eyes or something like that. Well, I think with any like musician, especially as they've gotten older, I mean they've been doing it for what over thirty years now. Mm-hmm. Your voice changes. Right. You know, when it's not as strong, so I feel like they would still keep the funk with it, but it wouldn't be as good as when they were. You know. Super popular. Mm. No, fix it. Make it sound just like it was. Mm. Yeah, hollow notes. I fucking love yeah. me some hollow notes. I love me some hollow notes too. That's good. My number four is uh, so my first uh, part of this duo was Quentin Tarantino, and I think it could have gone a different few. Uh, directions with this but i ultimately ended on quentin tarantino and samuel jackson i have that one do you yeah but i'll count it as a runner-up because i had another one ready to go in its place 
Okay. Because I was kind of mulling it over, but I agree. I love this duo. Because I could have, I mean, like right now, I could have gone Quentin Tarantino. I haven't seen the new one, but could have gone Quentin Tarantino, Leo. Yeah, but but Leo is, this is his first time. Or no, 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 this isn't his first. But I feel like Sam Jackson has been in more. He's been way more. Yeah, he's had the most. (laughs) He's been in Jackie Brown. He's been in Kill Bill Volume 2. He's been. Pulp Fiction. Obviously, Pulp Fiction, that's three. Uh, Hateful Eight. Django. Django. Yeah. Is that five or six? He's in a majority of them. It's easier to count the ones he's not in. Yeah. <clears throat> but I could have done Quentin Tarantino dialogue, Quentin Tarantino violence, and those would have both been like good and I could have made them. But these, um, it's, I. I love this fucking duo. When when I know Quentin Tarantino has a movie and Sam Jackson's gonna be in it, he was so good in The Hateful Eight. So good. He's great. He's great in all of them, though. Samuel L. Jackson is such a great actor, and Quentin Tarantino is so weird, and he gets him to play these, like, extreme characters the, that they're just so entertaining to watch. There, there's two different times in Jackie Brown where he gives someone a look and it looks so like oh my god i would never ever ever want to be looked at like that like it's just so like angry mean hurtful and he does it to uh uh who's the girl bridget uh who's the oh bridget fonda yeah bridget fonda when uh they have the argument when the phone's ringing why do i have to get the phone it's always for you and he just stares at her girl don't even put my foot in your ass (laughs) And she walks over. Hello, it's for you. <laughs> Such a good movie. Yeah, and then the other one is a. Uh, uh, he's staring at uh, fucking Robert De Niro in the van. Yeah, and and he doesn't even raise a gun. He just like shoots him from the waist. The fuck happened to you, man? Your ass used to be beautiful, but like he stares at him for. I think it's right before he shoots him or right after. But he just looks so like. He almost has like this jaw thing going on. Sinister. Or, yeah, it's, yeah, and like a lot of rage in him, especially yeah. that character. Right. Yeah. You shot Melanie. You couldn't just hit her in the mouth. <laughs> just shit like that. Like I've never heard anyone like. That's just so like one track. Like who? Like, that's such an evil thing to, s- to talk about a human being. Like you could just fucking hit her in the mouth. Right. Like, but that's like. Right. That's what I mean. Like the the combination of Samuel L. Jackson and Quentin Tarantino. You, I love Samuel L. Jackson just in general, mm-hmm. and I like him in the Marvel movies and like whatever else he's done. You know, but specifically those characters brings out a totally like creepy, weird, violent, you know, aggressiveness in him that's not what I imagine he's like in real life at all. But it's just super entertaining to watch. Yeah, and they're just wild. Like his uh, his role in the Hateful Eight as General Marcus Warren is fucking one eighty wildly different from Ordell Roby. Yeah, completely different. And, yeah. And, well, and he's and his role as the house dude in Django, evil. God, I hate that bastard. Yeah, me too. That's one of my favorite, but also most hated characters ever. When he fucking snaps on Kerry Washington. Don't hoo me, bitch. God. (laughs) I hate that. Yeah, he's awful in that movie. Awful. Yeah, great. 
Yeah, great. I mean, it's awful and good. Like, I hate Leo in that movie. Me too. But it's because of how good he is. Right. And we've talked about this on prior podcasts. Leo said he was so disgusted and hated that role because it was such an evil character. Yeah. That. Yeah, agreed. So that's, uh, that's my number four. Quentin and Quentin and Sam. Sam Jackson. I cannot wait. I, I don't think he's... He's definitely not billed in this movie, but Quentin's the kind of guy that... And it would, like... I think anyone would be fucking, hey, I got a, a, a two-line bit part for you this movie. Fuck yes. Give me. <laughs> like, he would get Denzel to do it. And that's... He's not... He has no FaceTime in Kill Bill Volume 2. Yeah, it's just a voice. It's just a voice. Yeah. And, and it's just voice from off screen, and that's it. So, yeah. as someone... I mean, you're like, oh, shit. And then the next Quentin movie, it's just a voice. Like, and Quentin's the kind of guy that would fucking, like, way out of left field. Like, he would, like, a main part of the next movie could be, like, played by Ellen DeGeneres. And we would fuck, she would just give us the performance of a lifetime. We never in our fucking lives think about putting Ellen DeGeneres in a gangster movie, but it fits. Oh, shit, this is awesome. Like, and he would be the kind of guy to do it. Just someone, like, you know. Yeah. That's my example is Ellen yeah. DeGeneres, so. Yeah. I fuck with Ellen. I like Ellen. I think most people do. She uh she's on this season of uh, my next guest with uh, Letterman. Yeah, it's good too. You, wa- you watched all of it. I t- yeah, the, she they talk about uh, the point where she like came out mm-hmm. and she was so afraid to, and she's finally like my career is gonna be because now it's like something like kind of like be proud of, but like she did it before time when like nobody would touch you in Hollywood if you were gay. Right. And like she was so nervous to come out, and she talks about that. She was a trailblazer. Yep. Uh, go ahead, Nate. What's your four? My number four is the dynamic duo of Seth Rogen and James Franco. Nice. I fell in love with these dudes. Uh, I think in Pineapple Express, but pretty much everything they do, I love. Gold. There's yeah. not something I don't like for them. I was gonna say I I almost put Seth Rogen on my list, but someone else. And I think you could have done Jonah. that. Jonah Hill. Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. yeah. Could have done. That. And I was thinking Evan Goldberg. Yeah. But it's. Their brand of comedy is really yeah. funny. Yeah, and I just think their chemistry together on screen. Right. They're kind of like uh, no, nah, I won't say those people just in case someone else has them. But they're like another uh, new round of another duo. Yeah. Who are you thinking? I have no clue. That's... I know. Uh, I'm thinking like the Will Ferrell, John C. Riley type oh, chemistry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just Not... kind of like the obvious pair. Yeah, where they bounce off each other and they just they they're humor like compliments each other right what would happen if there was a movie with those two duos in it will ferrell john c Riley, and then seth rogan james franco i don't even think they're on the same kind of like comedy no they're i think a they're different. different comedy but i don't know i mean it... it'd be funny if john c Riley and will ferrell were John C. Riley was Seth Rogen's dad, and Will Ferrell was James Franco's dad, and they were going on a trip together to like Vegas or something. A buddy trip. And so you comedy. could have those two comedies like offsetting each other, where Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are doing these things. Yeah, and, like, and then you got Seth the Rogen or sons. James Franco, like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Right. Vegas dads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would, I feel like you wouldn't want to like, smash their two different brands together but you would have to do something totally different if you were going to do all four of those but what's your favorite uh uh seth rogan james franco movie pineapple pineapple yeah it's hard to beat that one that was really good so good yeah um that's a movie i saw i think two or three times in the theater i really enjoyed the interview yeah me too underrated that one's good yeah 
one. Harry like bear. Yeah. <laughs> you saw Harry. I love it. <laughs> Wait a minute, did Eminem just say he was gay? <laughs> this is the end is good. Oh, I love that one. Oh, hold on, back up, back to the interview when fucking Rob Lowe takes off his hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. James Franco's face. Yeah. That's so good. This is the end is so funny. <laughs> that, that's still a movie I haven't seen. Do you guys watch Freaks and Geeks? No. No. I tried to. I think we've had this conversation. Yeah. I tried to. You just I just didn't get into it. No. I liked it. He's um, not um James Franco is not in Super Bad, is he? Yeah. Only no. Seth Rogen. Which is weird. Like that whole group, you would think James Franco would be in a movie with those actors. Yeah. Wasn't that before they kinda hooked him? Well, I guess for some no, Yeah. Like right before like yeah. yeah. I, before they went on like their run. Yeah. Uh, Michael Sarah to me is the star of This Is the End. His character in that is so goddamn it's funny. It's so good. Wait, wait. Where's my freaking cell phone, man? <laughs> when Rihanna fucking slaps oh, him. Oh, yeah. the best. Shut the fuck up, Jason. I'm playing a game. <laughs> so good. I, that's, that's a great movie. That's a good that, that kind of Hollywood party, that's where I, that, those are my lottery parties. That's the kind of party you want. Like, I think maybe Michael Sarah's on the bus to go get cars. Yeah. You know? We're referencing our Lotto uh, uh, podcast from a couple weeks ago. Just that for that. Or, obviously or a week to, ago. Or, yeah. a week, or, or next week. Right. We don't I, know what time it is. I done <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> um, but I just like that. If, if a Seth Rogen, James Franco movie is coming out, you could. I wouldn't know what it was yeah. about. I'd go see it. Right, yeah, see it. no hesitation. That's yeah. a, a couple of my pairs on my... I'm kind of low-key surprised that James Franco is not a superhero of some sort. He's got the body for it. And you would think that, like, he would... Because pl- everyone kind of gets their own, like, like one-off time. Like, I feel like everyone's done it. I could see him as, like, a Spider-Man type superhero. Well, he was in Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Oh, never mind, then. Yeah, because he was a villain. Goblin. villain yeah. Good call. He was. He's been in there. Yeah. that's And I think that kind of, like, ruined that superhero element for me, for him. Because I can't yeah. imagine him as a superhero at all. Yeah. Like, not even a Ryan Reynolds type. Like, I just see him as, like, being a snaky villain. You know, yeah. that's how I imagine James Franco if he's in a superhero movie. I fucking love Dave Franco too. Oh, Dave Franco's great. everything he's been in. I, I <laughs> yeah, Dave Franco's great. Yeah, um, just him and Neighbors, both of them. Yeah, and then him as the villain in uh, Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, and then Twenty Two Jump Street. Dude, Twenty One Jump Street is so funny. That might have been one of the first movies that I ever saw Dave Franco in, and when he rolls up on the on. Dave Franco and his buddies out in the parking lot yeah. and they're like basically like uh blah 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 like climate change you don't give a, f- you don't give a fuck about the environment right that's cool, bro. yeah just doing I just, that. there was a meme it's the so other good. day when it was like these guys were way ahead of their time because like that's like, like so cool now to like care right. about the environment shit his tiny him and Rob Riggle's tiny ass bit parts in 22 Jump Street yeah my dick's shot it yeah you, I'm your bitch I'm your bitch <laughs> If, uh, and when he starts uh, mocking uh, Jonah Hill, who do I sound like? And it's just Dave Franco's face. He's not even paying attention. It just sounds like Schmidt's gay ass. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> the Franco family is fun. Oh yeah, I need more of those. Like they're, uh, come on, what's the obvious one they were both just in? Uh, the Disaster Artist. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Mark. Yeah, they're really good. But I freaking love Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen, can we talk about his GQ spread he just had? Oh, he looks like stoner a fucking chic. snack. Stoner oh, chic. I would let him take me out to dinner for sure. He, he looks dope so as shit. good. Uh, there was an Instagram. I think it was on. I follow a uh, handle. Hi, people doing things. I follow that too. <laughs> I think it was on this where it showed a pic. It was from that GQ spread and was like he will never be as cool as James Franco on a beach in a Gucci shirt with a something something smoking a joint and it, he just looks so fucking badass yeah what's the other one that that's a pretty famous one like you, you might be cool but you'll never be Liam Neeson getting a shoe tied from uh, uh, Olivia Wilde cool yeah you guys have seen that one like he's in a, he's in a suit She's in a dress and she's just like bent down doing a show. He's like looking. It's like right after Taken fame too and shit. Nice. But yeah, it's Seth Rogen looked fucking bomb. So sick. So sick. So good. The the style of the shoot was amazing. Yeah. Everything he was doing was that. so cool and it fit him. Like it it looked like he was like Seth Rogen Rogan had a fucking major glow up. Yeah, like he just now is didn't change, but right. he just fancied it up a bit and like styled it up. Like he's in his fucking rhythm. Yeah, like that's what he looked like. It it was. I love seeing that. You know what I would love to have seen because I think they look somewhat similar. I would have loved to see. Call it obviously because one's serious and one's comedic, and you could go one way or the other. I would love to see both. Where if it was a comedy movie and it was heavier than Seth Rogen's or if it was a serious movie. I obviously can't do it anymore because one's dead, but a Seth Rogen, Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. Oh, that's fucking interesting. I would have loved to see that duo. That's interesting, man. That's fucking interesting. Like a comedy movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. Like, you know he could, I mean, he's been in those. He's gold in comedy. So he's gonna kill yeah. that. Or a Brand. Or a serious movie. What <laughs> chocolate! <laughs> Let it rain! Yeah. Rain, man! <laughs> Oh, great, great duo. Seth Rogen, James Franco. Number four. My number four is the pair of Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann. They are married to each other. Judd Apatow is a writer, director, and stand-up comic and producer. And Leslie Mann is his wife baby mama and actress and she's been in Much of most of his movies yeah, yeah. if not all Judd Apatow didn't do Big Daddy though I don't think so I don't, I don't know if he did that um, I think we would know if he did if they did That's, that's not, it doesn't have a Judd Apatow feel to it either no, but Leslie Mann's in it yeah um, but he might have had a part of it um I've never been, I like Leslie Mann, and I've never once, like, not a day in my life been, like, sexually attracted to her. She's not eye candy for me. I think her confidence makes her so much more attractive. I think she's a very attractive lady. Yeah. She wouldn't be on any of my lists, but I'll tell you what list she is on. 
fucking older ladies with banging bodies. Oh, we knew that list. Leslie Mann has a banging body. Yeah. She's naked in um the switch up with Ryan Reynolds and and Jason Bateman. Holy moly, like full body naked. She is banging. Um sorry, I'm just looking to see if this if Big Daddy's on here at all. He's got such a Oh no, he's not Big Daddy. He's done so many. He did heavyweights. Yeah, of course, that's my favorite. He did show. heavyweights. He had a pretty like rough start. Like he, things didn't catch on for him for a long time, and I love that he kind of stuck to his brand of humor. Like heavyweights obviously was great. He was remember that show the critic yeah he was a, a consulting producer on that that's really? funny yeah um the ben stiller show which didn't get popular and i love that he's had a relationship with ben stiller for a really long time too because the fucking cable guy that was the first movie that i ever saw leslie mann in she was the girlfriend right yeah and Robin harris yeah and Freaks and Geeks, which we just talked about. Um, and so Judd Apatow has had a relationship with James Franco and Seth Rogen since they were teenagers. He's done, he did the 40-Year-Old Virgin. He's done Anchorman. He's done so many. I was just so looking at all the So many. So many, like, Stepbrothers. classic comedies. Leslie yeah. Mann's in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Funny People, that was him. That's Leslie Mann. Um, Did you have margaritas? Do you have a daiquiri? <laughs> I'll still have sex with you. I'm okay. Um, I fucking love that. It's so good. You're on the lasso. Nowhere. This is forty. Her so in her Leslie's pair pairing with Paul Rudd too mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. It's just such a natural, like easy thing to watch. Yeah, Paul Rudd hasn't aged a fucking day since. Paul Rudd looks amazing. He's but, like fifty doing action superhero shit. Right, but give me someone else from Clueless that wants to, you know, I'll take Donald. Alicia Faith. Silverstone. I'll take Donald. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I just love. I love that they're like. How fun would that be to have to go through the entertainment industry like that? with your spouse and to be able to work on projects successfully yeah like super fun. successfully yeah. we talked about that in our uh what we are looking for in other people right yeah need that creativity yeah. yep and it would be so much fun and now their kids are starting to get into it they've yeah. been in a few of those movies it, it's just super cool to watch and there's the 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 quality of fucking humor that he puts out is so good did you ever yeah. watch so Love? high did you ever watch the show the netflix show love yeah, I love that show. Remember, he's got a job, and it's uh, um, fucking tutoring the, the successful child actress. Yeah. That's one of the Apatow girls. That's the older one. Oh, it is? Yeah. Maud. Her name's Maud. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, I love... It just is such a cool little powerhouse family, and I feel like they're not... Um, they're not boisterous about their success but they're very strong and yeah you know and i love that that duo yeah the, it's corny but it's, it's 
something that would be so awesome to have. I don't think it's corny at all. Yeah. Nah, I think it's a little corny. You're a little corny. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I think Clay Thompson's corny as fuck. That's about it. Yeah, okay. Clay. That's my number four. Judd Apatow, Leslie Mann. Not a bad number four. Judd Mann. I'm up, right? Yeah. So You're up, Kip. We're on threes? Yep. Okay, I'm going to switch gears right quick. Because we've done, what, just mu- music and uh, and entertainment? Mm-hmm. And Ben and Jerry. Oh, and food. That's music, dumbass. Beryl and Gerald. You're the dumbass. My number three is two out of the four founding members of the Legion of Boom. My number three is Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. And for you non-sports fans out there, they are... Uh, secondary duos are both safeties one's a free safety one's a strong safety my opinion and call it a homer but they're the best duo safety duo of all time fight me um fucking homer been to two straight super bowls winning one uh earl is going to be a first ballot hall of famer just left the seahawks in free agency cam had to retire unfortunately um both in one earl has a handful of all pros they both made all pro in one year and all pro is the best at your position it's not the all-star where oh give me the top 15 like people in the nba or pro bowl even in the same sport the nfl or like give me the top three quarterbacks it's literally just the best first boom 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 11 on offense 11 on defense they both made it one year like they're that good man I could, I could, I, I don't want to do this just because I feel like I'm gonna nerd out. I could go on for an hour about the intricacies of how good they are, but they're they're juxtaposed in one place, and that was Earl was the 14th overall pick in the draft, which is uh, pretty prestigious. He was the first uh, round, which they knew he was gonna be good. Cam was in the fifth. They didn't know how good he was gonna be, and uh, they're opposites and. Earl's five foot ten. He's tiny for an NFL player. Cam was human. I think he's six foot four, um, and just moved like the wind for how big he was, and just hurt people badly. It was fun, and they're no longer together, and I miss it. But that was a uh, my favorite duo in sports. That I, I was I almost had uh, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp right here. Ooh, um, but it's this is my favorite sports duo. I had a I got an Earl Thomas framed signed jersey in my room. I used to have Cam Chancellor's jersey. It was like one of the first Seahawks jerseys I bought. Then my ex-girlfriend got a bunch of makeup on it for wearing it one time. The worst. Yeah. And it was She's like... She's such a fucking toilet here. <laughs> drink for like mentioning she, her. I feel right. like she makes every other list. That's she does. Like, you want to talk about toilet people? God. Um, toilet legs. Question. Go ahead. What is the safety's job? So, keep your end zone safe. So they are. The let's see. If I, if I was trying to explain, I, I'm going to explain it to you. Like you know what football is, and you know yeah. how football works. But I'm going to explain it to you like you don't. Okay. They're the last line of defense. Okay. And uh, I know this isn't right, but my uh, my old high school basketball coach summed it up the best. He was like, I. When I went to high school, I had a couple coaches that had no clue what they were doing. And they were like, uh, Tim, you got fast legs. We're going to put you at safety. Here's your one uh, piece of advice. Don't let anyone get behind you. And that was – think about that, like, if, if you're a first-time football listener. So, basically, um, 
Yeah, the, uh, the last line of defense. Yeah, there you go. Like, I mean, I, I, I could once again, I could give you an hour on right. different packages and shit like that. They just make sure Earl made sure nothing uh, was thrown in the air. You, you try and throw a pass, Earl's gonna knock it down, pick it off, whatever. And then if he didn't, Cam would light you up for it. So that's just basically what yeah. it was. Nice. So they would, yeah, last line of defense and anything that was thrown in the air. It was so what was it? you said? Strong safety, strong safety, and, and free safety. And so what are what's that the difference? Difference. So the strong side is uh, famous for for the member of the Titans, um, on on an offensive side of the ball, you have your center, which is the guy that hikes the ball, your two guards, your two tackles. Then if you're running a one tight end set, it's on usually on the right side. Nine times out of ten, it's on the right side, and that makes that side of the ball. So instead of just a guard, a tackle on side, now you have a third lineman, and that's your tight end who can also catch. So that's your stronger side. Uh-huh. So it's the strong side. So the, the safety <coughs> that is on that side is called uh, a strong safety, strong side, strong side linebacker. Weak side linebacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and um, then the free safety. Free, but they, it's, but also it's not just because they're on both. They have different jobs, and it's not just because they're on they're on different sides. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's it's my favorite sports duo of all time. Nice. Me. Yeah, Nate. Rolling right along with the sports duos. All right. Good number three placement. Uh, Number three duo for me is Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates. One of the best quarterback tight end combos there's been. And they were San Diego Chargers for a while. Well, for a while. No, they're still Chargers. Right. Gotcha. I was thinking. I thought you were saying because Antonio was somewhere else or something like that. No. He's still Chargers. Oh, he is. They're both still Chargers. They're probably going to retire Chargers, but they're L.A. Chargers now. So, fuck them. We could all do... So they suck and they, they're not on the list anymore. Yeah. No, but they are. Nice. Um, I'm unfamiliar with these names. Philip Rivers was is our quarterback, Chargers quarterback, and Antonio Gates has been his tight end for a really long time. Yeah. Um, Antonio Gates was one of the first waves of... Like, the hot thing in football uh, to make a tight end is give me a huge power forward basketball player that can jump and box out real high. And he was one of the first to do it. Like, he was a fo- he was a basketball player in college. Yeah, Antonio Gates played basketball in college. He didn't play football. And then he got drafted by the Chargers to play tight end. And he balled out. Nice. He was... He'll, it, both of them, I think, are probably going to be Hall of Famers. Uh, Antonio Gates, for sure. Phillip Rivers, most likely. Um and their connection together was, I think they have some of the highest, like, touchdowns and yards and, like, completions between a duo. Yeah. Like a tight end quarterback duo. And they were basically, like, my childhood people. Nice. Yeah. You know, grew up watching these two because they've been in the league forever. Right. Grew up watching them. Your, your local heroes. Yeah. Very nice. And they moved to L.A. So, fuck them. Fuck them. Not the players, just the Chargers. Just the organization. Yeah. But not them. Not them. Not the people. Derek, what do you think about these two? You like them? So I think Phillip's always going to be... You know who Drew Brees is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so at one point in time, um, the Chargers had Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers on the same team, and they weren't... 
necessarily a, a starter and a backup. They were pretty much 1A and 1B. And they didn't know what to do with themselves until one game, Drew Brees' last game as a Charger, got really hurt and uh, had something really bad with his shoulder. And that kind of made their decision like, okay, this guy's really, we need to get rid of one of these guys. Yeah. Because free agency is going to happen. Give up the gimp. And then Drew Brees had a choice. He could either go to Miami or New Orleans. He went to New Orleans. And the rest is history. Yeah. And cut off his mole. He had a mole. He used to have a fat mole on his face. Really? What? Oh, you guys didn't know that? Okay, no. keep talking if you were going to say something. Enrique Iglesias? Yeah, let me find it. Um, yeah, and I really I really like Drew Brees. Seems like a really cool guy. Because um, that was on his duo list. <laughs> so I was just going to say. Good call. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Uh, we could almost do a top five on fucking Philip uh, Rivers' kids. Could we? He has 11 kids. How many kids does he have? Nine or 11? I think he's got nine. Oh, he's got nine kids. And he wears bolos to press conferences and shit. He's a weird dude. Weird. Yeah. Philip Rivers. Phil yeah. Rivers. Yeah. Rios. Get your Fel- Phil. Felipe Rios. Yeah, he's a... He, yeah, he's a weird dude. He really is. Where he, you could tell he's one of those really fucking cocky dudes. Uh, uh, he's super conservative. Oh, super. He's like All the Christian. Kids suggest that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he... If you're not a Chargers fan, you normally don't like Philip Rivers. Like, people find him really annoying. Yeah. Is that and like, like... That's like uh, Richard Sherman. Yes. Like, yeah. if you're not a I love fan. Richard Sherman. And I still love him even though he's at the Niners now, but a lot of people don't like him. I, I recognized that early on, even through the heyday of the Legion of Boone. I was like, I know if he wasn't a hawk, I would hate him, but I fucking love him. Right. Philip Rivers plays with uh, an intense passion. Like, he loves competing. And he talks shit, but not like the normal, like, fuck you, dude. Let's watch this. Watch this. But he just, like, will yell at you. Like I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. yeah. But the funniest thing to me about him is he doesn't cuss. He's very conservative. So there's so many sound clips of him like messing. Gosh dang it! Oh well, God. darn! <laughs> Freak you, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so funny. There's there's clips online. People have put like mashups together of him like saying all these like cuss words that are you know like the PG version of. Oh, them. amazing! And he wears <laughs> he wears bolo ties in all his most of his interviews. I love a good bolo tire. Uncle Brian wears bolo ties. He's a, he's a good, like, he's kind of like a shit tar without really talking shit. Yeah. And yeah. you know who else is good at that is Tom Brady. So, like, he, Tom Brady's never, like, obviously he's not a very hood person and he's not like that one, like, oh, f- I'll fucking see you after the game, bitch, or just anything like that. Yeah. But, um, rewinding back to, um, I'm going to with the Seahawks. So, um, there is a famous... Remember Richard Sherman's catchphrase was, you mad, bro? Yeah. And that was because he first said it to Tom Brady after what they call um, Russell Wilson's coming out. And that was his rookie year when Seattle was supposed to get smoked by New England. They won that game, and they won it at the end. And Richard Sherman uh, picked him off and in that game and shit like that. But it was because he said, you mad, bro, because during a TV timeout, Tom Brady came over to Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and just goes, I'm sorry, who are you guys? And just walked away. 
like fucking, and that was kind of before Seattle. So Seattle. good. Wow. Yeah. Just like kind of did that very like talk down talking shit. Yeah. So when they won that game, he fucking got right into his grill. You mad, bro? Yeah. And that's where that kind of like went off. So that good kind of like talking shit. That's very Philip Rivers. Very like. Like elitist trash. Yeah. Yes. Very, yeah. very, very like, I'm sorry. How many kids I'm, do you have? I'm oh. better than you. Yeah. 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 Hate that shit. Yeah, see, if if you're not a Chargers fan, like I love Philip Rivers because yeah. I was a Chargers fan, so I was on the side of like, ooh yeah, say it to him, Phillip. right? But everybody else that I normally talk to, it doesn't matter what your team is, if you played against him or not, everybody's like, he's annoying, he's a baby. He yeah. also complains a lot, like he yells a lot, he gets mad a lot, and complains a lot. That's that's been one of those. Uh, they had a really good run for a while, where and in San Diego, that's all they have. They don't have. Uh, I guess they have a baseball franchise, but they didn't have basketball or hockey or anything like that. And baseball doesn't. It never has really right. done it. Pa- Padres have never not been for good. years. Right, right. So it's they funny. they went on a really good, especially when they had Ladani in there. Yeah, and they, they went on a really good run where they were. They just they got always got to the AFC Championship and always like won a shit ton of games, but they always ended up having to run into pay, either Peyton Manning or fucking Tom Brady. Well, there are two like two out of three years, uh, two or three years where we'd make it like it was that run, and we'd make it to these games and have a chance to either win or lose on a field goal and missed it every single time. His name was Nate Cading. Dude was like ninety seven percent. And would miss in these playoff games where we needed the field goal to win. Couldn't take the pressure. Yeah. Wow. So, so, but baller. Other yeah. than that. Also, he's tied to. Um, so the Chargers back in I, I want to say '04 had the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, and they drafted Eli Manning. Yeah. And Eli immediately at the draft outright says, mm, "Yeah, I'm not going to go play for San Diego. My family and me don't want to go there. We're not going to go there." And it was like a weird thing. And I remember hating Eli. I, I knew nothing about Eli Manning. Wasn't a Chargers fan or anything like that. But I'm like, you haven't earned shit. You don't get to decide where you're going. So Also, fuck you. Don't want to play in San Diego. Also that. So they traded the number one overall draft pick for the number four overall draft pick, which was Phillip Rivers, along with Nate Kading and Sean Merriman. They also, yeah, they didn't trade the actual draft picks. The Chargers drafted Eli Manning, and they traded. And they traded. Or they drafted Philip Rivers, and then they traded the players. It was very strange. It was very yeah. strange. But at a time, Nate's one hundred percent right. Nate Kading was had an astronomical good percentage of kicks, and this guy Sean Merriman was called lights out because he was like, for a two year period, he was like the Cam Chancellor of linebackers filthy as fuck he would light people up yeah everyone knew who he was he was nasty and he had the same like it was almost like a diamond dallas page like celebration so he had a celebration (laughs) where he actually had a tattoo of a light switch right here and so his name was his nickname was lights out yeah and so when you get a sack or something he'd act like he was flipping the switch on and off so he'd sit there and he'd like look around they go Oh my god! Yeah. And everyone was waiting for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was dope. Everyone nice. would go fucking insane. Oh my god! <laughs> so at a time, like obviously Eli's got two Super Bowls under his belt, and he sucks a black wiener right now. But at a time, because that's the big one, black guys. Have a big one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! At, at a time, they were like winning pretty well they won that trade pretty well because you had one of the best if not the best linebacker in the game 
pretty good fucking quarterback who was reaching AFC championship games, and then Nate Kading, who was a really good fucking kicker. Yeah. So that that was really weird though because Eli Manning had said at the draft, but before the draft had started, if the if the Chargers draft me, I'm not going to play yeah, there. They, they said that. Like right. he said it. Before the draft they began. Yeah. And then the Chargers drafted him anyway. And then they traded him. I don't know, it was Weird. Bad. It was a very... Uh, I was A lot of San Diego didn't like Eli. No. Who would like Eli if yeah. you were part of that town? Eli was really funny SNL host. Because again, I think I've explained this. I think we've talked about this on the show. Like, to me, because the team I followed was the team I... Like, the city I lived in and where I grew up. When people talk shit about the Chargers or something, they're talking shit about where I am from. Right. And so it's like, you don't want to fucking come play for my city? Fuck you, dude. Yeah. yeah, Fuck uh, out of here. Sports? You don't uh, deserve to. I think sports over anything uh, involves the most tribalism. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Especially soccer hooligans. Right. Um, Oh, people have... Think about, like, fucking, like... Boston fans. Yeah, Boston and New York fans. Yeah. At, back, uh, like, in the 2012, like, the years when Seattle and San Fran were both really fucking good at football, I'd see a San Fran fan, and I was just kind of like, I was like, I'm sorry, is there a fucking problem around here? We'll go? It's pretty much, I remember one time, um, it was the year that the Hawks won the Super Bowl in 2012. We landed, and a baggage handler for Delta circled the back of our plane wearing a 49ers hat and screaming 49ers <laughs> boom just just kept going in, in a baggage cart 40 40 40 almost like he i was in my uniform but it was almost like he knew i was on the plane <laughs> and it was i think we came from canada because we were in the s gates about to go through like immigration Impressive. yeah and That's he was just so literally funny. whipping around. So 40, 40, 40, <laughs> yeah, and it was like this guy is a clown. <laughs> like even if he was, if he was doing that but yelling Seahawks, it would have been like, okay, awesome. But at the same time, fucking chill out a little That's bit. So funny, you're if, embarrassing me. Yeah, no, you're awesome, but you're embarrassing me. Knock it off. Shut up. Yeah. So it was. Yeah, try as, when it doesn't involve like any of my friends or family or my team. I love watching tribalism because it's just like my favorite instance of tribalism was uh, when uh, McGregor and Khabib fought, and that was li- that I that was almost less tribalism, more like fucking patriotism, race war, and, patriotism. Because yeah. you had outside of the stadium, you had these Russians and I and Irish people just fucking like fight circles and it was like oh this fight's kind of boring i'm gonna go five feet this way watch this fight over here it was just like just people who want to live like think of a drunker nation than russians or irish people and it's you can't find them it's a good fight it's a great fight so uh last little bit before we move on to this and then sabrina you can go this is his fucking mole that's a mole yeah it's like a bruise oh shit Fat. He's still got a scar. I think. I think it's going away. But That's a huge one. Yeah. Uh, I think right when he moved to New Orleans, he got it removed. Or so maybe his last folks, year in for you listening, if you are not familiar with this monstrosity on Drew Brees' face, it's not like uh, it's not even like a Enrique Iglesias mole where it's just a big black dot, like or just even round. This is very oblong shaped. It's five to ten shades darker than the rest of his skin color it's very misshapen yeah it's like two inches big too yeah 
Or maybe not. Maybe like an inch. You guys are talking about my wiener, I guess. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen, if you didn't know, Drew Brees used to have a mole, fat mole on his face, and he got it removed. Weird. Yeah. We did not know that. Fun fact. Cool. Good duo. Yeah. <laughs> Philip Rivers and uh, Antonio Gates, ballers. Brandon, what's your sports duo? My sports <laughs> duo is. The duo, they're not like a pair that you think of automatically, but when they do work together, I fucking love it. And I wish I could see more of it, but it's Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader. Oh. They were on SNL together, and anytime they were in sketches together, it was like fucking fireworks for me. And then they also did a movie together. Skeleton Twins? The Skeleton Twins, where they played twin brother and sister, and that was a more, you know, drama. Yeah, just a little bit. Right. It's kind of a downer. Uh, you guys have seen that? I haven't yet. Yeah, I loved it. Um, but it was so good to see them in the dramatic role mm-hmm. and then doing that together, too. Bill Hader's at that point right now where it doesn't matter what it is. His name's on it. I'm going to go watch that. Yeah. Bill, it's, it's, Bill been like that. yeah. it's been like that. Yeah. It's been like that for If me. you guys are trapped under a fucking rock and haven't seen Barry yet, you need to. You're watch doing yourself Barry. a massive disservice. It's, it's I cannot incredible. wait for... If you've read the book It and you know uh, the character of Richie, you were fucking so glad that that Bill Hader is going to be Richie. Like that's to a fucking T. That's damn near Bill Hader. It's crazy. Derek is so hyped on this movie. And when the first one came out, he kept telling me all the details about the book and shit. This is when Derek was like talking about casting before the second movie came out. He nailed like three of the yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, two. I was two for two. I'm like, I fucking really want Beverly to be Brandy, uh, Jessica Chastain, and then I think I hit Bill Hader on the fucking nose. Yeah, fuck yeah. I was like, I remember when they came out. I was like, dude, did you know that they're making an it too? And then Brandy Chastain is the chick, and Bill Hader is the dude. I fucking love Bill Hader. Yeah, he's him, so good. They, him and Kristen Wiig are both so. They're like fucking comedy gumby like they can flex into any character they are they like dive completely into it and it's so fun to watch they are their voices change their physicality is so fucking funny and entertaining and they do well in drama too you know you know what movie they've been in together that they played both bit parts in what knocked up who are they in Knocked Up? Isn't Chris, oh she's the executive. She, she's the bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, he get on the scale, write that number down. <laughs> yeah, and then subtract five. Yeah. So uh, Bill Hader is like like a video producer or something like that. When it, they're going through the video of her like throwing up. That's right. You almost look like you're in a starlight deck. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 this is so funny. I loved it um, on SNL when they would do the Vincent Price's Halloween thing and they would always have Bill Hader be Vincent Price and then fucking Kristen Wiig would be playing some fucking weird, you know, 40s style <laughs> weird actress. Don't make me sing. I don't want to sing. Right. Don't sing. I fucking love them together. And I would... Kristen Wiig, I love so much... And I would literally subscribe to anything that Bill Hader is a part of. And them together would be lights out sold. I know I know that she's not underrated because Kristen Wiig obviously gets a lot of acclaim. But on SNL, to me, I think she is one of the top 
Like she's she up was a there game changer. with like the Farleys that she ran. I agree. The series when she was on. Yeah, I agree. She was incredible. Yeah. She I was agree. a total fucking game changer. She's a funny actress and like she's a good actress, but SNL was her pinnacle. Like that was what she was made for in my opinion. Yeah. She killed SNL. So funny. She had I her like farewell episode oh. in the very end was such a sweet thing when they all danced with her like yeah they all came up in a line and she was, had so I many people it. like when people leave you know there's always the stars that come back and she had so many yeah so many just iconic people yeah so good i i i hope one time in the future we can have a, not even an episode but a whole season give me a season with Kristen. Give me a season with Chris Kattan. Same season. Give me the same season with Will Ferrell. I have an all-star season. Ooh. Adam Sandler. Yeah. All-star season would be yeah. fucking David Spade. Joe. Bill Murray. Yeah. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Yeah. Uh, give me... Uh, uh, Jim Brewer. Ac- Ackroyd. Fucking... Oh, uh, Jim fucking Brewer. What's his... Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. How good would the, the weekend updates be with just the, the whole... You could go Seth Meyers... Colin Quinn. Dude, Norm MacDonald. Uh, <laughs> That's my favorite weekend update. I feel like this needs to happen. I want this. I never thought about this, and now I want it. All-star yeah. season. Yeah. And just think think about the di- think about what Lonely Island can do if you had an all-star of whatever you wanted to put in there. Oh, my God. The freaking digital shorts. G- 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 Tracy all-star. Morgan. Yeah. Oh. G- give, me, give me a fucking Lonely Island with uh, Andy Samberg and David Spade. What what could they do? Oh, Bill Murray. Right. Yeah. Those two. So Give me good. who'd you say? Lonely Island, David Spade. Yeah. Andy, Andy Samberg and, and David Spade. Give me Andy Samberg and um uh Jesus Christ. Adam Sandler. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Now right. I want this more than I think anything. Fuck, would be no just the sketches that they can pull off. Right. Lauren. Yeah. Right, Lauren. Please can I talk to you for a give second? me more real world with Bob Dole. Oh if, my god! If we have any listeners that have any ties at all to getting something, an idea to Lauren, all star, all star season. I don't think we would ever get that with Chris Kattan, though. You guys read that thing the other day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Chris Kattan was beef with Lauren. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. I imagine there's probably a good handful of people that have beef with him some meme that had that like headline as the top and then the bottom was just the guy from Firefest. <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i thought of when i heard that i was like fucking fire <laughs> who would be the all-star celebrity jeopardy out of anyone obviously will 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 be the host but... duh and give me give me two all-stars and then you get a guest uh I mean, I, I'm, oh, I'm going yeah, Norm McDonald, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, the, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Far and away one. Yeah. Uh, what's his fucking Daryl Hammond, uh, those Sean are, yeah. Connery. So those are the two that are usually Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. But I love, so if I could pick, I love Burt Reynolds and then I love Ben Stiller's Tom Cruise. Yeah, that that's up there. For for the the all star, I think they should switch it up. Don't do Celebrity Jeopardy. Do Keenan's uh fucking Family Feud, so you could have eight people, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you have the Sean Cart have fucking Will Ferrell's What's His Face in there as one of the contestants. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fucking have Alex Trebek. <laughs> Trebek and Sean Connery on the same t- or like as the leaders. Get someone. G- give me uh, 
give me Jim, Jimmy Fallon to play Pat Sajak. And they're on opposite sides. That's what I was thinking. Like, either you'd have a game show host that lead their own teams, or you could do a slew of game show hosts on one team, and then oh, all the asshole good. celebrity guests on the other. They had, I think I've talked to you guys about this before, but they had Horatio Sands be, uh, <laughs> and returning is Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy! <laughs> <laughs> Horatio Sands would be on the All Star. We've talked. Cast. We've I, talked I, about him before. Yeah. Under, I, I think him. he's underrated. Totally. Super. I, I love Horatio he's so Sands. So funny. Yeah. So, oh, what a good segue. I want that. Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig. That 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 was your number three. Yeah, that was okay. my number three. I thought you were. I thought when I was like being sarcastic, I was like, "Give me your sports, whatever." I thought you were gonna like fucking run your brain. Uh, give me. I thought you were yeah. too. Yeah. I was, I was like, like, okay. I didn't think it would be sports. <laughs> Fuck, I want this all-star SNL. I know. It'd be so good. What's your number two, Derek? Bring Seth Rogen, or um, uh, Seth MacFarlane into right. Oh! If I could bring him into act. Fuck. Give me a good musical, uh, Seth MacFarlane with those people. Yeah. Like a little musical number. Oh. A digital short. Yeah. Him on the writing team. But like in his like uh you know, kind of play style. His style, yeah. Yeah. Like the uh family guy cutaway. I fucking musicals. love Seth MacFarlane, we've talked about this before, but he's gold to me. On camera, off camera, whatever hot, not he hot. does. Yeah, and hot not hot. Yeah. Did Seth Rogan make the hot not hot? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I but, like he but should. Jonah Hill did. Jonah Hill did. <laughs> Jonah Hill did, I remember that. Um I talked about this earlier in our list, but my number two is Walter White, Jesse Pinkman, which are the two mains from the TV show Breaking Bad. Bitch. Yeah, bitch. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's, I mean, as someone who went to school to write and develop TV and studied scripts, I think Breaking Bad is the best written TV show I've ever seen. Um, And these guys were just fucking perfect classic juxtaposition. You had the, just the, the the fucking druggy piece of shit meth cooker and uh, a science teacher who was very nine to five by the books and dying and okay time to team up and it was just that was such a perfect because they it was exactly like that it was Walter hated Jesse at the start just like uh, you need to go by my rules this is not how we're doing because I'm at the start he was like okay this is exactly how. Perfect. It's exactly how perfect meth should be cooked, and Jesse's like, "No, we're putting cayenne pepper in it because this is, this is. I forget what was this drug. It was Captain something. But he's like, "Yeah, everyone knows that's my signature move. We're putting cayenne pepper." And he's like, "We're not fucking putting cayenne pepper into this recipe." And then it kind of like segued into like, "Okay, he's smart. He knows what he's talking about." And then it turned into a father son thing where like. And then it turned into another thing where Jesse just started outright hating Walter and Walter turned from the protagonist to the antagonist. And it turned so many beautiful like twists and turns and crisscross. Yeah. So it's a roller coaster of emotions. Yes. Yeah. Oh, super. The the ending of I think it's season four. Um when Walter's still a giant pussy and like he's never really crossed the line yet. And Jesse's going to get revenge and he's crossing this parking lot to two gangsters these two guys already have their guns out 
and Jesse is about to pull his gun and they're walking towards each other and like it's just these three people and out of nowhere comes this like bitch ass Pontiac uh, SUV and runs over both of the people and those two people were like they everyone knows in the show they're involved with someone who's really bad and that just crossed a huge line and he gets out and looks at the two now dead people and looks at Jesse and just goes run and that was the end of the season and we're like, oh, that was awesome. Like he, like he pretty much sacrificed his fucking life, like to save Jesse, who was at one point just a piece of shit. So it, if you got well, Breaking Bad fans, you know what I'm talking about. Ugh. so fucking good. Breaking Bad, bad is incredible. Fuck. I came into Breaking Bad late. Uh, I didn't start it because everybody was talking about it, and then I was in one of those moods where I was like, no, everybody's watching. It. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm gonna be my own person. <laughs> You need, I know you haven't watched this. You need to watch yeah. it. So I came in like, how many seasons is it? Eight? Five. It's only five? Only five. Then it must have been over by the time I watched it. And I just like burned through. Like I started it because I ran out of things to watch. And I was like, oh, I'll watch the first episode. First episode was good. And I was like, well, I'll try a second. And I ended up just binging it. It's so good. So So good. good. I didn't believe everybody the, when they said it was good. The villains in the show are so good. Gus as a villain, yeah. And I, I, I won't, uh, I won't give away. Just this is another one of those trapped under a fucking rock things. But still, I don't want to ruin this one. The last, which is the season finale, the last, se- especially because I don't want to ruin it for you. The the season finale with the end of Gus, the episode is called Face Off. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is an inside wink to people who have seen it. It's so good. The show is so good. So good. So good. And the writing, there there are people, there are like, there are parenthetical notes in the script that you would only like get pieces of the story like if you were to read the script. And it's like, big ass monologue of like, I'm Heisenberg, don't you ever fuck with me again. And then parentheses in the script, it's like, you guys finally wanted a bad Walter White. Well, here he is. And you would have only gotten that, like, if you read the script. And there's, like, notes like that and shit. Like, oh, that's awesome. It's so good. The right Vince Gilligan, which was one of the main writers on X-Files, went and created the show. And it's my favorite show of all time. And then they spun off into Better Call Saul, Bob Odenkirk, which is almost as good. It's so good. A little different. But just still good as fuck. So that's, uh, that's, are we on, is that my two or three? Two. That's my number two. Fantastic. Walter White, Jesse Pangman. Bitch. Aaron Paul. Hey, Brian Cranston right now is at a point, uh, where fuck it. If his name's on something, I'll, I'll watch it. Give me that. That's a, give me the celebrity Jeopardy. Brian, whatever Brian, put Brian Cranston on as something and, Mm -hmm. and I'll take him. But Aaron Paul, which was Jesse Pangman has not done enough. I want him in something. I want him in a movie. I want him on a new TV show. He hasn't. He's kind of. Are like they disappeared. making a Breaking Bad movie? I think so, but I it's just. I got greenlit. Where the hell is that? And Brian it's, Brian Cranston's range is pretty crazy to think about. Oh yeah, like he went from Malcolm in the Middle. I fucking love that. How is that his name? Yeah, How? How? To Breaking Bad, to all his others, to the. Never mind, I lost it. <laughs> but he's it's just crazy to see what he's Give me a movie where he's a pothead with Seth Rogen and James Franco. Give me a movie where he's a dad becoming a pothead. Ooh. 
I wonder. I'll try it with you guys. That movie with him and Kevin Hart, where he plays like the quadriplegic. I watched it. It's pretty good. Did you? Yeah. I like movies like that. I mean, it's not. It's not my favorite movie, but yeah, but it's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's a thong. The movie with um, him and James Franco, where James Franco's the tech guy that's dating. Yeah. Yeah. What's that called? Uh, Say it again, the movie with Dave Franco? No, No, James James Franco Franco and Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, his daughter is marrying James Franco, who is this tech billionaire, but he's like a shithead. Like, he meets the family for the first time. He's like, what the fuck is up, Dad? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen that movie. It's pretty good. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it's a pretty funny movie. I can't remember... Oh, no, no. It's called like the in laws or something, something like that. Yeah. Why him? Yeah. That's what it is. Why him? I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, I was pretty. It was entertaining. Good pair. Yeah, it's my number two. Confident my number two uh, is there's a chance these could be on people's Sabrina's two or anybody's one. And that is Chris Farley and David Spade. That's my number one. I knew yeah. that was going to be your one. Yeah. We, we can table, table it. that. Yep, okay. absolutely. <laughs> uh, so number two, though? Yep. yep. My number two is Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. Oh. So their whole comedy partnership built so much funny shit. And they did Funny or Die... They just recently decided to go separate ways this year, and I don't know the details on that. Do you know that, uh, let me interrupt real quick, uh, when they did Pearl, mm-hmm. the landlord, Yeah, that's Adam McKay's daughter. Yeah. That Funny or Die was awesome. When that started. Right. It, it was, like, it was something brand new, and everybody was fucking... Fresh off of Will Ferrell's dick. Yeah. So anything that he had to do with, it didn't matter. No one questioned it. They were like, hell yeah. So Adam McKay is an Oscar winner. I feel like Funny or Die also came out like when the internet started to boom. Like when, when not so much the internet as a whole, but like how we, yes, viralness is great. Like. The social media is being like really, really present. The YouTube being everything. The oh right. shit, Adam McKay also wrote Vice. I don't know that, but he won the Oscar for one of my favorite movies I've seen in years, and that was The Big Short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, you didn't know he did Vice? No, I didn't know he did Vice. Vice is good. Have He's, you guys seen that? Not yet. I oh, want it's to. good. Yeah, I heard it's really good. Um, yeah, he, they. I mean, their their combination of like whatever talent and comedy and like putting shit together is so fucking funny and i love the people that they bring on to their projects uh between two ferns that's one of the funniest fucking things ever between they're making a movie out of that are they yeah Yeah. that's what i heard i don't know how that i don't know what that's gonna be but i'm excited i need more zach Galifianakis. he hasn't been anything in a while you know a movie i think is underrated that has him and will ferrell the campaign have you seen that the campaign is fantastic that's, so, that's, that's a movie that i haven't seen 
Oh, it's so you good. You haven't seen it? I have it out there. Let's watch it. It's such should. a funny fucking movie. It that role that that Zach Galifianakis plays is to me like a very comfortable role for him. It's not anything shocking or anything. It's he, his brother. He it executes. He fucking nails it. And then Will Ferrell as a fucking mm-hmm. sleazy politician is gold. Yeah. Hold, hold the fucking phone right now. I'm going through the IMDb of upcoming uh, projects for Adam McKay. Mm-hmm. There is a comedy slash drama slash sport movie called Showtime. And it's the story of how the LA Lakers became the most successful professional basketball team in the 1980s. Cool. That's I dope. cannot fucking wait. Who's going to play Magic? Who's going to play Kareem? Who's going to play Vladi? I can't wait sick. for that. Yeah. Oh, I'm I so just watched Semi Pro again the other day. That movie's fucking funny too. Oh, that movie's great. It's so funny. I need more Andre 3000. Right, he's great. Um, but yeah, just those two brains together put out so much shit. Yeah, and it's it was just reliable. You could you knew you're gonna get good laughs. Yeah, they're so funny. They're yep. so so funny. Yeah, that's one of those ones where I'm like, oh, Adam McKay, Will Ferrell, boom, I'm in. Right. To yeah. me, like they they have fucking hit home run after home run, and they, if any list, they deserve to be up there high. That's a good one. So. Prime Will Ferrell. Will, is... Will Ferrell. I've had this conversation with a lot of people. So Zach Galifianakis wore his welcome out real fast for me, just because he was such a one trick pony for me. Where it was just kind of like very like, eh, it's and then uh, the Owen Nate Wilson is disgusted. I by disagree. You. Right, right, right. Owen Wilson was one who wore his welcome out pretty damn fast. What? Wow. My, <laughs> my point is Will Ferrell has been able to stay both relevant as funny as fuck, too. See, like, I've heard the argument on Will Ferrell, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There have been movies where I'm like, that looks dumb as fuck. And I thought Blades of Glory was going to be so dumb. I and love Blades of Glory. Me fucking too. Yeah. That's one He's, of my favorite Will Ferrell roles. He's made some bad ones, though. Of course. It, Daddy's Home is not good. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that one. But everybody's got those, you know, crap movies. Like, yeah. I'm going to say something controversial. Elf is not my favorite. Not mine either. You're like, but so but many so people, many people, people love like it. Movie. No, I don't not like it, but it's not my favorite. Like uh-huh. I'm, I don't get excited about it like a bunch of fucking people do. Like I do at Christmas. Everybody, it's a fantastic like, Christmas movie. Everybody gets fucking jacked about yeah. Will Ferrell and Elf. There's, it's, it's not a bad Christmas movie, and I'll watch it. But there is ten I'd put in front I'm of very, it. Right, I'm very indifferent. Give me like, home, give me Home Alone too. Give me Die Hard before you give me that. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. The fuck do you know about anything? <laughs> no, it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I know things. Uh, that's a good. That's a good. Um, it's a good duo. Thanks. Number two. Solid. You good on that? Yeah. Adam McKay did a movie starring Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig called Deadly Adoption. Yes. It's a Lifetime movie. They did. And they did it like sort of as a joke, but they did it like, I think they wanted to do it but be serious at it, like actually do the movie. But I think everybody thought it was supposed to be funny and not serious. And so everybody was super confused about it. He, he talked about that, that movie 
on his on um I think it was Conan O'Brien's podcast. He dresses that whole thing and how people were like super fucking confused and pretty much damn near angry <laughs> that they that they did that. And it was a lifetime movie. Deadly adoption. <laughs> what? He must have I'm looking just at his movies just on the Google search. So I don't know if these are things he's written, directed, produced. You know, I don't know what they are. But he's got one coming out in 2019 that's called Hustlers that's got Nicki Minaj in it. It's a stripper movie. Oh. Interesting. There you go. Yes. Flames. Can we do bathroom breaks out here? Yeah. Not bad. I thought that would be quieter. Adam McKay. Yeah. And Will Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Yeah. Dynamic duo. Yeah. You got Un Moss? Yeah, number ones. My number one. Jay-Z and Kanye West. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, anything they do touch is gold for me and turns into a fucking banger. They did Watch the Throne and I thought that was one of the best albums I've ever heard and I cannot wait for them to do another one. Uh, I, that's still in my constant rotation. All, almost all those songs. No Church in the Wild is my fucking warm-up anthem of all warm-up anthems. And then when they did Otis. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, that was a great album. So good. Uh, Ham. Yeah. Uh, N-Words in Paris. Yeah. I don't know. I'm supposed to, I can't dance yeah. around that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole fucking album is so good. I just think I mean, that was... Uh, fuck, I, there's nothing like that compar- that's comparable for me yeah like no whatever like who else has done a collaboration that can like even stack up to that i can't even think what do you think about like when drake nikki and louise get together quality I fucking, but not not touching it i don't think so i mean because that kind of just i i felt like that album almost transcended everything that was going on in time it yeah. was just like holy shit Everyone's bumping Watch the Throne. Not only is everyone bumping it, but it's just so, like, Kanye still does Kanye better than anyone can do Kanye. You know what I mean? Like, he, his samples are still so, like, uh, nobody's out there. It's a very Kanye thing of you to say. Right, no, no, it's Kanye as fuck for me to say. <laughs> no one can do Kanye like Kanye does right. Kanye. But it's, I, I wouldn't, if, before Otis came out, and they were to say, okay, who who's gonna sample Otis Redding and 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 do the song? I would want Kanye to do it. I, I mean, I have you know producers that aren't Kanye that I'm very high on, but it's so glad he did that. I'm so glad those two are on the lyrics. Right, I agree with you that the their collaboration is fucking sick, and I think that Jay Z. By himself is in just a now rap's like, first billionaire like or for lack of better terms like a classier style of rap even mm-hmm. though he's not rapping about classic things he is now actually i mean talks about the money he spends and fucking plain fucking jewelry and shit but like to me kanye has not gotten better i've actually liked him less as the years have gone on I really liked him when he first came out. Uh-huh. The samples he was doing uh-huh. were crazy. I, he was taking a lot of old good songs and flipping them. It was awesome. And then him and Kanye did Watch the Throne, and that was like almost the peak. And 
Then his album that he did last year, I liked like one song off of it. And that was it. And his whole fucking Kanye vibe. I'm just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Very true. But we're not just talking, we're talking about the collaboration of Kanye and Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah, Anything yeah. they touched. So when you go back to the Blueprint 2, which was Jay-Z's album, and Kanye and is the main producer on it, like just, this was kind of almost right when he was dabbling into his own vocals and he was just primarily a producer. Yeah. Just smashing beats. Yeah. Um, and when he was on just features, like he does a feature on one of my, probably my favorite Cameron song is called Down and Out and he did the beat and he did the chorus on it. And you've heard me play the song before and I know it's not ringing in your head right now, but it's just when he was just, when we didn't really know who Kanye was and it was just kind of like the feature on shit. Yeah. He always brought it and it was just flame as fuck. And, yeah. na- and now it's just, he wants just to be an artist. He wants to be an Andy Warhol so bad where it's just almost like too, he's almost wearing his welcome out for me. Where it's just like, ugh, like it's almost too much. Like go back to just being like what you were. Yeah. That's the art that I want from you. And that's me being selfish because it's like, right. you know, who am I yeah. to tell you what to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek Dandel, you have a podcast, top five. Very true. But whenever he collabs with Jay-Z, and I think it's just because he doesn't want... When, when whoever is in the fucking, whether it be Timbaland or Swiss Beats or whatever, whoever is in the room with Jay-Z, you are not running the show. Jay-Z's running the fucking show. I don't know. Did you see when Timbaland was making beats <laughs> for Jay-Z? Oh, when he had that fucking... And then out, he, out of nowhere, he brings out the jug of uh, Tampico. 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 I'll call it what I want to call it. <laughs> so the way you pronounce primarily sounded like you said prime merrily. Primarily, <laughs> when I when I listen, when I'm in a car on the way to work, I listen to these podcasts. I'm like, stop rambling! You're fucking gross. I hate my own voice. Jesus, so <laughs> a lot of self confidence. <laughs> yeah, I'm the fattest one of all of them. Right? Hey, <laughs> um, yeah. If I died unexpectedly, no one would shed a tear. <laughs> yeah, so I can't. I mean, give me a wash the throne too. Give me, yeah. give me just more of that. Wash the throne again. Yeah. Heart. Still yeah. watching the throne. <laughs> it's on rerun now. Still watching the throne. Still but watching. give me a whole album of them. All right, I'd be on board with it. I mean, that's one of my favorite. I mean, I would love to see different shit. Give me uh, uh I don't even know. Give me, give me, you know, Just Blazes. I know the name. So he he's he's done a lot of Jay Z shit. He's done a lot of Ti stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of my top two, top three producers. I mean, we're going different. These are very juxtaposed, juxtaposed, and they're not. I don't think they'd fit good. But give me Just Blaze, give me Childish Gambino, and see what you guys can do. Like, give me that, or you know, give me Just Blaze and a whole Just Blaze Ti thing, and. Give me the Daft Punk and the Jay-Z. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I'd like that. Your Firefest headliners. Yeah. Give me Daft Punk, Charles Gambino. Yeah. I think Ooh, those that would be yeah, fire. Those fit good. Uh, yeah. Daft Punk did do a song with a, a EDM artist called Flux Pavilion. I know Flux Pavilion. Do you? Yeah. I saw him in Switzerland nice. when I was there. Yeah. yeah. Some kids came up because obviously like the ages are different there. I think it was like a 16 and older club. These kids came up to me and started speaking German. I was like, oh, speak English, man, because I went by myself. No one oh, else yeah, wanted yeah, to go yeah. with me. The fact you were the man. Yeah. And they go, do you have ecstasy? And I was like, oh, 
I'm a tourist, man. I don't got shit. Sorry. I am a sex machine. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of looked at me like he didn't understand at first. And I was like. <laughs> okay, this one. Oh, okay. This one just popped oh, in my right. brain. Think of what they could do and what the music video would look like if you could get Kanye and Dion Wood together. Oh, it'd be weird. It'd be weird. That'd be some weird shit. Yeah. That'd be Come f- see it. Yeah, that would be dope, though. That'd <laughs> be would. filthy. I really want to see it now. And it would just be Kanye, because they would probably want to get Jay-Z, and Jay-Z would be like, uh, yeah, Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, Beyonce, Beyonce won't let said me. no. <laughs> I gotta go. I... I gotta go, Kanye. Be honest, I said that's not cool. If you want to come to my studio and do something, maybe we could do that on a weekday. But I can't go with Dion. That's that's too much. Beyonce said we could go if your mom picks us up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If Ken picks us up and drops us off, maybe. But I can't go alone. All right, watch the throne. Still watching the throne. Still Still watching watching the throne. throne. Okay. Number one, Nate. My number one uh, have been duos for their entire lives, and that's the Coen Brothers. Mm, I almost put this on, and I knew you were going to have it, so I didn't. Wrote and directed the best movie of all time, and also did other classics. Just great. Coen Brothers are ones that, if a Coen brother touched it, even one of them, I'll probably see it. Right. If both of them touched it, I'm for sure seeing it. I'll let both of them touch it. Oh, me too. <laughs> I love the Coen Brothers. They just hit after hit after, and their 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 style of comedy is so fan and storytelling is so fantastic. Storytelling is a great way to describe it. They're they're one of the ones that are like the Tarantinos to me, where they have the the Wes Andersons. The they're not just making movies; they're making their movies, right? They do do project. I think they do do projects where it's not necessarily their, projects. yeah, their stuff. But when they get together, they have you can tell it's a Coen Brothers movie, right? They have very dry, very like um, intense shots. I don't know how to describe that. Where they stay on something for a while, and there's just ambient noise, and it's kind of almost dramatic. Yeah, they almost stay there a little too long on some yeah. things, and it. I love it. Yeah. I love whatever is in their brain, you know, that comes out in that medium. Yeah. I I agree. They are, I was going to say the same thing about, you know, comparing to Tarantino or, you know, Wes Anderson's a good example. Any of your favorite directors, you know, the Farrelly brothers, same kind of a thing. You yeah. Know, you like their comedy. You know whatever they're going to do, you're going to love it. And they have a style that's not easily replicated. No, I don't think anybody's doing anything like the Coen no. Brothers. And if, and if you did, same thing with like a Tarantino. Like if someone came out and did a movie in Tarantino style, but it wasn't Tarantino, you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Right. What are you doing? Don't right. do that. Yeah. You're not the master at that. He is. Don't do it. Yeah. Coen Brothers are the same type of thing. Wes Anderson would be the same type of thing. Yeah. And I love, I love originality so much. When you can pick you you create your own lane you're not even picking a lane you're creating your own lane you stay in it you don't go off and do you're just taking what how you think it should be interpreted how you think it should play out it's so awesome it's so cool 
they they also do have a range of like they have their funnies of the Big Lebowski, obviously mm-hmm. the Fargos. Yeah. But Fargo is also a little dramatic. But then they have like the No Country or No Country for yeah. Old Men and um, Oh Brother Where Out Thou. Yeah. yeah. Where it gets more there's funny peppered in. Right. But it's primarily but it's like drama. a drama. Yeah. They're so good. I even like that the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I was just gonna say that stories. I really liked it. I thought I never it was, saw that. I thought it was a very cool the way they did it. Me too. Where it was literally like you were reading or watching a book of short stories. Yeah, I've never I seen it. something like that. Before. Yeah, I was I, I was really excited when I found out they were re- releasing that, and I watched all of it one day, and it was it, I mean it was pretty much what I expected without being able to expect anything. There's you know? there's so much content on Netflix that I haven't seen that like oh that's on my list of things I need to see. Oh, yeah. they just they're churning out so much quality shit. Yeah. I will I will say that the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I didn't know it was going to be like that when I started watching it. I just put it on and that first story when it started, I want a whole movie in that western musical right. style. Yeah. I was pumped when that's I was like, "Oh, hell yeah, is it going to be like this?" Right. Like singing songs and mm-hmm. this guy. and then he died and it went to the next one. It was different. I was like, "Oh, I guess this is cool, but Yeah. I I agree. I think that 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 I think that you could definitely do a movie in that style. Oh, fuck. Do you know that the Coen brothers are developing and writing the new Scarface? No. What? Yeah. I didn't know they were making a new Scarface. Yeah. Cool. I don't know how I feel about that. It's the Coen brothers. <sighs> I know it's the Coen brothers. That's fucking awesome. But why you got to remake Scarface? Oh, no shit. Because uh, everything's being remade. Fuck! Can we not do it anymore? Do you know who Diego Luna is? Yeah. He's, he's, I think he's, he's going to be the Tony. Yeah. Uh, give me Seth MacFarlane Coen Brothers Western. I was just going to say that. Get out of my head. That would be so cool. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it in the Seth MacFarlane, like, no. jokey style. No, no, no. But Keep bring him Brothers. in for, like, the play, play aspect, the, like, show aspect. Okay, okay. They're writing it. And Antoine Fuqua is, uh, the director who directed Training Day. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So he's done a f- he's done a shit ton of uh, Denzel movies. This Antoine guy, he did the Magnificent Seven. He did both Equalizers, and he did Training Day. Okay, I'm more interested in this now. Wow. Yeah. While we're talking about my boys, the Coen Brothers, once you find out they're not doing it, he you're more excited. No, they're writing. He, it. he also directed. Uh, he also directed uh, your movie, Southpaw. Ugh. Love Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie. Jock. He directed Shooter. Shock, Jalen Hall. Jock. Jake! I love the Coen brothers. That's a great duo. They, they're they almost made they're on my, my favorite. List. Yeah. I think they're my favorite directors. All right, Brandon. We know what your number one is. We know what my number one is. It's Chris Farley and David Spade, and that was Nate's number two. And they're a short lived duo, but. God, I just love it. And they just played so well with each other. Perfect. They were perfect together. So perfect. Even though... Okay, so Tommy Boy is my favorite movie. My favorite comedic movie. I love it, watching it. And even though Black Sheep is basically Tommy, Tommy Boy, Boy Part 2. Yeah. <laughs> still Tommy Boy. <laughs> um, it's still just as fucking funny to me. Because of that relationship. 
like that fucking kind of bumbling dummy with this jackass smart ass yeah you know, know elitist yeah yeah but he's such a little pipsqueak too yeah he's got small man syndrome yeah for sure <laughs> and, but he just thinks his brain is bigger than everybody's and chris farley is just you know the big dumb animal it's so good and it's such a i mean everything about chris farley dying is tragic but just that fucking duo together was gold to me yeah i love it throw sat throw sandler in there if we can add a triangle in right. those three on snl yeah because they were all on together yeah they were great together got cindy are on a diet oh my god yeah. them three as the gap girls lay that, off man oh i'm starving <laughs> these guys are good can i have some <laughs> <laughs> so good fucking uh with Chris Farley <laughs> comes in, they're folding sweaters or something, and uh, <laughs> he goes, next time somebody comes in and asks for a sweater, I'm going to say, where'd you get that sweater? Or did you miss out when they were handing out brains? Because you were on a train, <laughs> you got on it, took it for a ride. <laughs> and just, fucking, just goes way off the reservation <laughs> with a fucking line. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> So funny. <laughs> he was so hilarious. David so. Spade is one of my favorites too. Just yeah. him personally. And they say yeah. it's turbo time and they go into your living room. He uh his Instagram is pure entertainment. Yeah, he's really funny. Him talking I love watching him walking around Hollywood or wherever Beverly Hills where he lives. And taking, like, video of the people taking the Instagrams and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, all his little bits. When he gets mad at people and being interrupted on a bit. Yeah. He, he fucking, this lady knocked on my door. She doesn't even know what she's doing. And it's just a video of him. Like, yeah, so that I'm doing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> doing a bit here. <laughs> He's great. He's got a new show coming out on Comedy Central. And I'm kind of excited to see what it's about. Because it, it looks like it's kind of like a talk show, like current events talk show. Right. And he, he, the, the bit he used to do on Weekend Update was so funny. Yeah. So if it's in that ballpark, I'm going to be super jazzed for that. I just hope it's good. He's, I love David he's Spade. He's so great at sarcasm. Mm -hmm. He just fucking nails sarcasm. Well, he plays that Tommy Boy role. Like, yeah, that's, 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 that's David Spade. That's yeah. Not, yeah. Shut up, that's, Richard. Yeah, that's, not, that's not Richard. That's Play it again, Tommy. You're pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a prick. Oh, I love it. Why? Oh, you have a window. Why shouldn't you? Yeah. You've been here five minutes. <laughs> they, so uh... I wish we could have got more from them. Yeah, me too. I wish we could have had a whole, like, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Seth Rogen. I wish we had a run of... Right, yeah. like yeah, yeah where, exactly. Where, where like David Spade and Chris Farley get to play the dads. Yeah, just David Spade would be a good dad to Dave Franco. Yeah, I need like five, five of those movies from them. Right, I wish that like to be in the technology and humor and looseness that we are in now, and seeing being seeing them in such a capacity, it would be so awesome because there were so many limits and everything was still really censored back then. Yeah. You know yeah. what, you know what SNL alum hasn't like 
aged well and not like physically aged, but like his like every time I see him, I just kind of like him less and less. Rob Schneider. I was gonna say the exact same thing. Really? His Instagram is annoying. I don't, I don't even have an Instagram, him. but it's just like the only things I can think of is him doing the "You can do it." Like, what about what else have you done lately? Have you seen the hot chick? Yeah. That fucking movie's hysterical. That's alright. It's so funny. Recently, though, he is he like posts a lot of like recipes and things of his wife. And granted, hey, do your thing. It's just I'm not not into it. No. Yeah. And he's got a lot of like repost, yeah, blah 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 blah, all this stuff, and it's just very old man to me, like not knowing how to do shit, yeah, like, posting the wrong stuff. Not that he is, but you know, just not what I would expect from a dude that was on SNL and fucking right. You expect them to be like savvy and confident, yeah, and, like funny all the time, right? Yeah, I like Rob Schneider, but I don't feel like Rob Schneider I'm is not, like. This stapler. I fucking, um, my favorite role he did was the delivery guy in Big Daddy. Yeah. Get he, the door! Get the door! He, he was in a, Okay, um, peace out. <laughs> he was in an action movie with, he was the co-lead with Van Damme in a movie. What? Yeah, it's called Knock Off. Amazing. Yeah. This doesn't have that, I'm switching again. Adam Sandler has a new movie coming out on Netflix. That actually looks decent this time. Really? What is it? It's with, um, uh, Jesus Christ. The chick from Friends. Courtney Cox? Nope. Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. It's him and Jennifer Aniston. That's a duo. And they're, like, husband and wife vacationing. And I think they're mistaken as spies. Something like that, yeah. And they're, like, in Italy on vacation, but they actually, like, go along with it and, like, have to try and get out. And Almost a clue. It's not cheap. Like, a lot of the Adam Sandler movies that he's come out are very cheesy and, like, slapstick. And you can tell there's, like, that formula uh-huh. that's not good. Yeah. This doesn't seem like that. Like, he, the way he's acting is very, like, I don't know. It just looks almost like a resurgence. I really love him. I think him and Jennifer Aniston are a good pair together in, when they did Just Go With It. I love yeah. that movie. It's That movie's very entertaining to me. I saw a commercial for it the other day, and I was like, oh, it's actually on kind of... I can't wait. Nice. I like a good Adam Sandler nice. movie. You know what duo I like the most? Larry Weir and Teen Witch. Oh, it's a fucking good duo. Now, right? see, we're, we're putting this out, and I agree with you, but I feel like that's what we do at the end of the thing, and I got a lot of... Uh, <laughs> for this episode. Let's hear some fucking Almost Made It. We haven't done the Almost Made It in a while. I'm going to rip through some of these. Uh, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah. Oh, good one. I think they're incredible. Um, SpongeBob and Patrick. There was a bunch of cartoons that, like, Ren and Stimpy almost made mine. Beavis and Butthead almost made mine. Yeah. I almost put this one on here just for the nostalgia, and I pretty much grew up on it. Doug Funny and Skeeter. Oh, good one. Um, Keenan and Kel. Tommy Pickles and Chucky Finster. That was the next one. Uh, nice. Will and Phil almost made my list. And Pinky and the Brain. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Timon and Pumbaa. More like stinky yeah. and the lame. Oh, stinky lame. <laughs> good duos, Cass. I like... There's a lot of good duos out there. There are I good like duos. like a lot of them. I'm going to shit my butt if we don't wrap. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Larry. And... On uh, that note, everybody take one big drink. <laughs> one big gulp to end the episode. It's thanks not funny. Okay, bye. Shut up. Stop that.